2-1. Spags, Splash Play Fridays, which means it's time for us to draft. It's time for us to chase $200,000 on underdog. Yeah, the NFL Combine is afoot. You're seeing 40 times populate your social media feeds, NFL rumors from the GMs, the coaches. But Pete and I, we are here in a draft right now on Underdog Fantasy. As Pete mentioned, $200,000 to first place on the big board. So if you want to play along with us, get in this room right now on Underdog Fantasy. we got a bunch of people in the live chat. Appreciate you guys. Uh, but Pete, how are you feeling about the draft boards? Because we've seen some rumors, some uh, honestly aggressive tweet from uh, Rashad Bateman coming out today, replying yeah. to his GM. So any interesting combine notes you want to flag before we hop to this draft? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously we're going to get this weekend, you know, all of the skill position players doing the test. So I'm excited for that. Uh, excited for Anthony Richardson, who it sounds like is going to do all of the tests. I think he could really help his draft stock with just an insane, you know, performance in the 40 and and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm excited to see, you know, what shakes out specifically for the running backs, I would say, because right now after Jameer Gibbs, it is such like an amorphous flat tier for me. Um, and I really want to see some of these combine numbers that help sort it out for us a little bit. And uh, I do think we will see come Monday, some of these guys really thrust up, right? Because what, there's like a five round gap between Jameer Gibbs and Zach Charbonnet, you know, the RB2, RB3 right now. And I think we'll have maybe another guy that's not even Charbonnet, like move up to RB3 specifically because of combine results. Yeah, it's definitely possible. Obviously, the 40 times certainly going to be a little bit of an eye catcher for some of the teams out there who do draft guys a lot of these times if they have an outlier effort at all there in terms of speed. But I agree, like some guys, too, I'm kind of waiting for the backlash to come for like a Jameer Gibbs, who we talked a little bit about on the stream, you know, great pass catcher, but a guy who's kind of small wasn't great actually running the ball. So some of these guys could start to kind of get fudded down a little bit more here as we see uh, could be a, a room pissing yellow here to start us off, Pete. All right. Yes. Uh, who do I, I'm trying to get blow this up on my screen here to see if I reckon. Okay. We do see, we got Tanner, we got dab, uh, shorty gamer. Okay. So we, you know, it's, it's one of our usual crews here. We got Kelsey, we got Tyreek Diggs. So I've been pretty boring and just drafting off of ADP in the first round on my own, but I think I prefer Tyreek Hill just cause I like the kind of three tight end builds right now. Yeah, some people I have seen out there have Tyreek as their number one receiver overall. Uh, feels like you're kind of buying a, in a little bit heavy there on Miami and them being just as good as they are going to be or as they were last year. But uh, certainly a, a player that I have no issue with, especially with uh, these guys going. That was a long delay there. Long oh, delay please. for what, the pick? Yeah, the pick just like it was queued up there and our clock started at 15 seconds too. So we're gonna have to be on have to be on the, our game here because I, I feel like the clocks are for some reason uh, a little bit sluggish on desktop for me lately. Yeah, I I don't have I I agree that taking Tyreek Hill like one or two over Jefferson or Chase is like really rich. I I think that's a mistake, and also just because I don't like doing that. If you're gonna have a portfolio of teams, like you're gonna be able to get Tyreek Hill a lot of times at pick five, six, or seven, depending on the room, where you're only ever going to be get Jefferson and Chase at one two. So I wouldn't be taking Tyreek Hill there just from like an exposure standpoint, knowing you are gonna be very underweight on Jamar Chase if you do that. But I don't have any questions about Tyreek Hill. I mean, he he smashed with basically whatever quarterback they had. The offense was hyper-condensed. He didn't seem to lose a step with any of his athleticism. Hopefully, Tua comes back fully healthy. Um, I, I think he's one of the, I don't know, safer picks. Like, even Cooper Cup, who smashes when healthy, I feel like there's even more systemic risk with that offense, who's quarterback, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. But with Tyreek Hill, I just... Don't have questions. Are you seeing this, by the way? Every pick is starting with 16 seconds. Is this real? What's going on? I, I wasn't <laughs> like, noticing like that. I thought I was going insane. I was listening to you, and I agree everything you're saying about Tyreek. I love the Miami double stacks, but I'm more like, oh, crap. Yeah, 16 seconds. <laughs> Are we in a random test room? I mean, I personally love it. Uh, I like it. Let's uh, let's speed these drafts up. Um, what, why, what that, this is weird. Maybe they are beta testing because it has been a feature. People have wanted these quicker draft rooms. I think it'd be very fun to have like, what would you call it? You know how you, you have the blitz chess tournaments or whatever. Hmm. Um, do you want to just piss yellow with T? Yeah. I think we go T Higgins here, especially with the lack of time. We really got to be, <laughs> let's just take wide receivers because we can't think about it. Okay. <laughs> that is Yes, short game saying it says 30 for him. I mean, you guys can see it on the screen right now. I am getting it 16 seconds and we got to decide. So uh, we're going to plan ahead for our picks, I feel like now. Do you want to refresh? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll try a refresh. 
Let's see how that goes. 16 seconds. Uh, <laughs> Underdog, that's the fastest funny. draft you could possibly do. Use that promo code SPLASH. Double your deposit and get a... Pete, you were worried about us being done in time for the ADP chasing show coming up in the ship chasing channel right after this one. We're going to be done by 1230, it looks like. Yeah, the chat the chat is saying 30 for me, but I am seeing exactly what Spags is seeing. Uh, I'm seeing 16-second clocks. Uh, and it even seems like the clocks are even going down faster than 16 seconds sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the fun on Underdog Fantasy, Pete. You never know what you're going to get, and you're still competing for the same prize pools as everybody else. But I think it's kind of an advantage for us, though, because you and I, have, I mean, I'm over 25 big board drafts now. I honestly should probably be hammering a little bit more there, but I am waiting until uh, we get some free agency news on some of that stuff. And I feel like this kind of does benefit us as guys that are probably obsessing a little bit too much about ADPs because uh, half the time to think about this for other people might not be great. Yeah. Uh, you know, my new theory is Rudman um, from underdog is watching this stream right now. And he's like, these guys need to pick it up. Just way too much talking, way too much bullshitting. <laughs> and then just change it to 16 second clock. Yeah, I know. Between that and them hiring the badge bros while we've been here contributing to underdog, Pete, I feel like Rudman is personally <laughs> attacking me as one of the few fantasy people out there, by the way, that he doesn't follow me and it hurts me a little bit. I oh, God. Here you go with your your follow stuff. Um, Real quick. Working out? Fitness? Patriots? <laughs> what, what kind of working out content have you done, Chris? I want uh, I want to do the test that um, uh, Dobby says in the chat here. Cue your next pick and let it run it out. And let's see if it... Um, Ooh. So I will admit, Spags, I have been taking Henry in this spot. Like when Henry falls to the mid third, I am falling on that bullet. But I obviously love Brees Hall, too. Yeah, Brees, I still think, you know, valued about where he should be. I do think Derrick Henry's undervalued, especially given the fact that there we go. So it took a while for it to roll. Didn't see that short gamer took Brees Hall, but I'm with you. Derrick Henry got the pass game work last year. I think he could get traded somewhere and potentially be like in a better offense. So I think Henry is actually a nice value. And I wouldn't hate taking him, you know, mid second round, but people just don't want to do that right now. Yeah. And there are like all of the running backs. I think you can argue if they're now priced efficiently, but they are all collectively cheaper than they would have been like at this time last year. Like the market is definitely adjusted and, and now they're at a more, efficient price where when you're chasing up the Derrick Henry's to one, seven, one, eight, that's where you get into trouble. But if you're getting him at three, five, I feel like a lot of the risk is kind of removed at that price point. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think that he's certainly a player that uh, we talked a lot about the risk. Certainly the guys that have had the 300 plus touches, certainly a thing that uh, football outsiders has written articles about it. A lot of the advanced analytics sites out there have written about that. Henry keeps beating it, though, and at this point, if he's going to go for cheaper, like, I'm willing to kind of be there this year, even though, like, I think the first-round price capital, Peter, like, if he comes up, like, then I'm back off Henry, which I feel like is one of those weird things. Yeah, and they're, they're one, too, where, I don't know, like, they pick, what, 11th? We were talking about it with Kyle. Like, I started to get a little excited. Maybe they could be in play for Anthony Richardson. Like, if they do happen to get a quarterback kind of upgrade or whatever that may be, um, and that offense starts to hum a little bit, Traylon Burks and Chigakonkwo, those are two guys that I think could take a big leap in year two. Like, it's not that far of a stretch to think this offense could just be better this year. And if the offense is better, maybe you don't have to rely on Derrick Henry to, you know, quite literally put the team on his back for every single carry. And maybe he has more red zone trips, more goal line carries, and the points come in a little easier way. Yeah, I think there's certainly some outs. Like, I think that's one of the things with Henry, at, you know, relative to his current ADP is that you do have a couple outs. He could get traded. The Titans could be improved. I, I still tend to think the Titans are going to be more like in Atlanta where we kind of got a read on what they want to do now for enough years where they want to let the defense win games, even if the defense isn't that good. Um, so I think that's, you know, certainly something where if he goes back, like you could expect probably a pretty good facsimile of what he's done. But there is a chance for maybe they're just better, you know, certainly winning more games. You score more points and all of that. So that's a positive. I do want to just quickly address to people asking why we started the draft before the show. Um, it's because we're trying to hit these streams fast. So for we get some new viewers and all that stuff, it's been a positive. And Pete, we're on the clock. we got 10 seconds. Mike Williams, Pittman, Hawkinson. Uh, I like Williams and Hawkinson and, and Pittman. I have been forcing myself to take him a little bit more because, again, a guy I think he's properly valued now. Um compared to him going at the 2-3 turn last year, which felt really rich. But at 4-8, when you think they're going to get a quarterback upgrade, I, I do like that. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, I don't mind Pittman, but I think Williams relative to ADP. I mean, Williams is now five picks ahead of Pittman, which I think has started to shift a little bit here. 
Um, so I'd prefer Williams just because I do believe a lot in what Kellen Moore is going to bring to that offense. But I, I agree, Pittman's kind of undervalued. And you got to think with the coaching too, like, you know, Steichen last year did really feed A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith and also enough targets to keep Dallas Goddard going. So even though he's a coach that's really good at scheming up runs, like you got to think Pittman's going to see a target increase. Yeah. Yeah, I... um. I've been trying to be better. You know, uh, it's like, it's so easy when you do these drafts to just fall into your comfort pockets of the guys who feel like the comfy clicks. And I have been trying to like randomize it more. Like I I'm with you. I, I find Mike Williams to be the far more attractive pick at this point in the draft. Um, and I do think he's probably the slightly better pick, but it, like, if you're not paying attention and I remember this, like from last year when you're just ripping drafts nonstop, it's just so easy to fall into the same click every single time. And I'm like, the probabilities of Mike, Mike Williams outscoring Michael Pittman, maybe it's 55-45. Well, that still means 45% of the time, structurally, when I'm taking a wide receiver here, I want to mix in Pittman at a good clip, too. So that's just something I'm trying to work on this year. See, I got Mike Williams 25% so far. And I have Pittman 7%. So you are absolutely correct. That is a bias point that I'm hitting uh, almost four amount, four X the time. So that's probably not great given that Pittman's younger and uh, theoretically like that offense should be worlds better uh, with just the coaching upgrades. Yeah. This is a fun start from the one hole here too. Justin Jefferson, DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel, TJ Hawkinson. We'll see what they do with the fifth to get their anchor uh, Dalvin Cook in the fifth round. Talk about a guy I've been biased against. I don't think I have a Dalvin Cook share yet, even at these prices. He kind of feels like I would assume you felt about Montgomery last year, where I know the numbers for Cook weren't that bad, certainly. And like he was a bell cow last year. But um, I know the Fantasy Life guys were talking about on the YouTube channel as well. They're talking about the running back free agent class. Like Dalvin could just get screwed by the fact that like he wants a little more money. And a lot of these GMs like Saquon, uh, Giants GM, he was talking like we're basically not going to offer him the amount of money he wants. Um, I think that's going to be a lot of the running backs this year. And certainly Dalvin could be one of those cap casualties that then prices himself out of a, a fallback job. Yeah. Yeah. That, oh, that reminds me too. I did. Uh, oh, let's make our pick here. So we could certainly stack up Mike Williams with Herbert, but man, I have been hammering Kittle at this price. Yeah. Kittle was great last year. I think I've talked a lot about the EPA numbers for some of the tight ends. The guy who was the big outlier was Dallas Goddard, but Kittle was a 0.36 EPA per target guy. Actually one of the better marks in the league at tight end. So it's possible Kittle's just kind of undervalued as an elite tight end, even though, I mean, he carried some of my, like my teams last year. Like I have no issue going back to Kittle heavy again. My my thing on Kittle is I think you are you're getting what you pay for at this price, which is a guy who can legitimately put up 30 points in the you know fantasy playoffs when it matters the most. That's what you're paying for. And then if he ever emerges as a more consistent option, say Debo Samuel or Brandon Ayuk gets hurt, say the offense gets further unlocked by really good quarterback play, there's all this room for upside for him to deliver at like a second or third round value, basically where we were drafting. Mark Andrews last year, where George Kittle was going two years ago at the two, three turn. And so I just really like that price and what he offers you. And you just like, you don't have questions about that offense. If anything, the, the argument is normally there's a lot of mouths to feed. He's not getting enough targets, but again, if he can offer the spike week potential and then also has the contingent value and even room for that offense to grow. Um, I just, I think it's a very nice pick there. It also just feels to me too like Kittle is kind of a, a different part of that offense than let's say Debo and Ayuk, who does feel like kind of meaningfully take away from each other. Same thing with uh, not to keep beating up Debo, but Debo gets such as taken away by McCaffrey now too. Like McCaffrey coming in, I think really hurt Debo's role in that offense. Whereas Kittle is just kind of going to be the freak athlete who does you know break the long plays, gets enough targets out of the tight end position to be there, and also be on the field enough as like a blocker too that he's just getting some snaps that those guys aren't. Where I think to me like Kittle's the guy. I mean, McCaffrey, I have concerns. Like, I just think people are treating him a little bit too close to, like, a 30 touch per game back, and I think he's going to be closer to 20, um, if not 15 to 20. Um, whereas Kittle, like, you just know the role is there. And like you talked about, like, ceiling is the main thing. I'm only drafting guys, Pete, this year that I think can put up 30 in Week 17, and that's, like, my priority number one. Yeah, and, you know, McCaffrey is, like, the same thing, right, where it's just you're paying such a huge premium for it where like we know that he, his floor Christian McCaffrey's floor is much lower now than it was when he was in Carolina because the touch and usage was just so good, but the ceiling is unchanged, right? Like McCaffrey can always go off for 30, but I get the point that it is, it does feel like a little pricey to pay, you know, a top three pick on a guy whose floor is, is definitely lower now. How much did this guy scoop Ingram on Ingram's ADP was not that high. Um, like obviously some clarity on Ingram uh, with his contract. Apparently he's going to get franchise tagged by Jacksonville. Yeah, this guy reached 
a little bit for Ingram, I guess. Actually, no, 30 picks for Ingram, which feels too much. That is a lot. That is yeah. a lot. That you don't want to pay that big of a price tag leap for certainty on a guy who was like had a finite amount of outcomes anyway. Like he was going to go either to a better team for him or going to be back in Jacksonville. And like you don't upgrade him by 30 spots because you know he's going to be back in Jacksonville. Did he have a did he have like Lawrence and got boxed out on Kirk and Ridley and was trying to chase something there? Um, uh, yeah, we got to make our pick. <laughs> Brown, uh, let's I, th I think we do Iuke and maybe try to set up something with Lance. Oh, if God. we can get it or. <laughs> I am so biased. I've noticed I am so biased against Trey Lance this year that it is uh, becoming a problem. Here's the thing. I I can this was on my best ball breakfast stream on Monday. I continue to get sniped on Lance and I will take Purdy when I get sniped on him. I just think I guess you could reframe it of saying build something out with Lance and just build out our bet on the Niners here. I like tacking on Eli Mitchell to this stuff too yeah. because he's very cheap and like i said there's the safety net like if you get blocked out on lance you just play it as a purdy team um if lance goes at a good price then you can scoop him up in the mid rounds uh tanner pointing out ingram at 60 uh you can't pay that price you can just draft kincaid uh that's how i feel about it i think people's fear of the rookie tight ends you know michael mayer shows up at the combine looking like a chiseled greek god like these guys were all very solid picks compared to rookies in previous years where you maybe saw one or two usable weeks from a bellinger or a mcbride last year I think these guys coming in certainly make an Ingram a guy that like 90, uh, 90 ADP is right for Ingram. A 60 ADP for Ingram is completely incorrect because like you get that production somewhere else. Yeah. And you are, I mean, I do think, you know, Ingram was very good at the end of the last season. He is going to have more target competition this year with Calvin Ridley coming into the fold. Um, mm -hmm. And I think he's going to be a very productive player, but he is the exact type of, a player, both his offensive situation and the position he plays at that I don't think you want to be chasing up draft boards. Like, I think the scenarios I've been, I don't know if I have any Ingram shares right now. The context where I would take him is if I have Trevor Lawrence and I get boxed out and then he's there at ADP, but um, we got I do Gabe. like Dobbins. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't mind Dobbins here. Yeah. Okay. Let's see that. Um, yeah. We got a nice two, four, one build now. I think we're okay here. I think we're okay. Yeah. Um, people asking uh, about Javante. So Javante Williams, there were reports that he might not be ready to the middle part of the season. Then some reports over the last week that'll be ready for the start of the season. Uh, to me, Pete, this feels like a, like a redo last year of J.K. Dobbins, where if the price tag starts to come down, I'll absolutely uh, absolutely start to scoop him up. But I think there's concerns with Williams. Like they've also talked about drafting or bringing in another running back to compete there. Obviously, the coaching shift. Coaching shifts are always a risk because a risk they could like a new guy and not have the same love for the previous guy and the previous regime and where they drafted Javante Williams. So I've been kind of avoiding Javante since the uh, the reports of him potentially being out to the middle point of the, of the next year. But where are you feeling about Javante? Do you think he's undervalued, overvalued? Uh, I think he's properly valued. I have no problem clicking him where he's going. I mean, once you're in this range, I mean, what pick did he go at here? 70, what is that, 72? Yep. Um, you're in like prime, like getting into zero RB range or like bonus anchor RB range. I just don't think there's a lot of risk in taking him because one with these 20 spots, you can paper over and cover for him for the weeks he is missing at the start of the season with volume at the position. And then you could potentially get when he is back healthy, if, and when, again, if we just, if you reframe it and you just say like, if Javante Williams spags here, do this hypothetical. If Javante Williams wasn't going to play the first 10 weeks of the season, but I told you he was going to be an RB1 from weeks 11 through 17, where would you select him in drafts? I think this range, the 72 range, I mean, you're getting him. Ideally, if you're going zero RB, you start taking your running back sixth round. So I think sixth round, seventh round would be about right. I, and I would even push him up higher. Like if I knew for a fact he was giving me RB1 for that, I would I would be selecting him at like the 2-3 turn on if I knew he was going to be an RB1. So my point is I think a lot of the risk at that price is, is baked out. And again, these are $10 scratch-off tickets to win $200,000. And knowing that you have the profile of a guy when he is healthy can deliver RB1 production, like I'm going to take that discount every single time. I took it with Dobbins last year. Didn't quite work out, but I was scooping DeAndre Hopkins, Chris Godwin, all of these guys that you get the injury discount on. I think the way these tournaments are structured, the way the prize pools are set up, I think buying those discounts on the players who can wildly outperform their draft costs, which is generally rookies and injured players, like I think that's such a, a good strategy in general. 
I think one thing I've noticed from doing the rankings, and if you want to check out the rankings that I put out, <clears throat> the first uh, ever Spags rankings are on the uh, Splash Play channel on Pete's Deposit Kingdom Discord, so check it out there. We're on the clock, though, so I'll, I'll save that point. Um, we got Kamara, who I do not like, Flowers. Jacoby Myers, I think, getting a free agent deal could make him... I, I say I would just take Tua just to get our first stack okay. with um, with uh, Tyreek. I mean, we spent our first pick on him. His success is going to be, I think, pretty heavily correlated. Like, if Tyreek finishes as the wide receiver one overall, it's probably because Tua plays 17 full games. Um, so mm -hmm. I kind of like correlating that. No, I think that's fair. So what I was going to say about Javante Williams, like I think if you go through this board, like I would take Javante over Dalvin Cook knowing what we know right now, I think. And I think that's where the game starts to get a little more interesting. Joe Mixon, a guy who might be priced out of the Bengals, also a potential suspension guy as well. Um, Kamara, who we talked about, another potential suspension guy. So I think if you look at this price range, you can make a case that he should go you know, maybe behind Ramondre, Javante Williams, even just knowing what we know now, not knowing, like you said, like the potential, the idea of him being Cam Akers of next year. Yeah, no, and I'm I'm certainly taking a guy like Ramondre over him. I think it gets really interesting. Like, you know, I, I think I do still prefer probably Jameer Gibbs um, over Javante right now. But, you know, seeing who went, um, you know, before him, like, I guess I am such a DeAndre Swift guy that I, I love him, but here's two. Like, I am not taking Isaiah Pacheco and Joe Mixon over Javante Williams. Like, I'm I'm just not doing that. Pacheco I could see taking because there is a chance they don't bring back McKinnon, and Pacheco is actually a pretty good pass catcher last year. So if he like if you kind of rolled up those two roles together, I think Pacheco starts to make sense uh, relative to ADPs. But Pacheco's one of those spots too where if they bring in or draft somebody, especially if they draft a rookie running back, but they sign somebody at cheap. Um, one of those running backs in free agency who just doesn't find the deal they want. Uh, that's where Pacheco could get screwed and his ADP could absolutely bury you in this kind of tournament. Yeah, and, and that's my thing with Pacheco. Like, Pacheco's the guy that... Um, and so Lance, I, I Lance, unless you want to make a case for, like, one of the rookie wide receivers you really like, but I think Lance makes sense with, with uh, Ayuk and Kittle. Yeah, I like Hyatt, but I think let's just be... I mean, not done at QB because I still wouldn't mind taking a, a late Anthony Richardson, though. He's not going as late as he was a couple weeks ago. Uh, but I think now we're pretty much done at QB. Like, we got stacks. I think we're pretty good. Um, they, this room, the splash play room is far more kind than my best ball breakfast rooms who would never let me have Lance in this spot. So thank you, splash play viewers. That's also why 2 That's why we start the stream before it goes. So at least I, we get like half people that are normals and then half of our audience. To your point, and I did, uh, I promise Spags wasn't trying to box people out of joining the draft, but I think the alpha, right? When we do drafts, you're timing it with the start of the stream. That's when we're hopping in the draft. So that's your cue mm -hmm. when the stream starts. Um, if we say we're drafting, if you want to get in the draft, when the show starts, that's probably when you want to hop in the room. Um, yeah, especially, yeah, especially as we do more you. and more, like, you know, the goal is to really make these all bingeable and kind of get them all out. That's why we're keeping them under an hour. Uh, but P, we learned some lessons from last year. Like I didn't even tell you this. I was actually going to text you about it. Cause I was excited. White fonts, white fonts, crushing it for the, the click through rates and shit. Like I've been, I've been growth hacking the YouTube a little. See, I, I, I get outworked by all of you guys. I, I, I'm, I'm so lazy looking at my, uh, my metrics and what what's working and what's not. And I'm just, uh, just continue to chug along while you optimize in a smart way. Yeah. I mean, look, you're, you're more of about the art of it. Whereas I, I like the art and the science. I want to combine both together. I, I pay for thumbnail tests. Like I pay for, I pay for some stuff. I, I honestly lose money on splash labor. <laughs> <laughs> we all do. No. <laughs> but the emotion Pete that we get from each episode I mean how could you top that the joy the sheer joy and having our listeners tilted that we start one minute late and then don't let them into our draft I mean what more <laughs> could we ask for yeah people just want to fucking get our sweet stream review each time and you can still get it you just got to look at the scheduled times and hop in one minute before we start and you'll be good to go <laughs> Uh, um, not a bad team though. I like where we're building with this. I feel like running back, we got some luxury picks coming up. The tough part that I don't like about this, Pete, from having done the work early and done the prep, and you know, you guys saw on the streams, like me going through all the rookies and all that. I now feel like the field is catching up on all my guys. There were like sweet little treats that I could get in like the 18th, 19th round. And now now people are sharpening up fast. So like the values are not going to be there for some of these guys much longer. Yeah. No, that's very true. Um let's see. Here. What do you like structurally here? Um, like the running back and tight end feel like luxury picks, even though I do like AJ Dillon and Fryermuth. I think uh, Elijah Moore went, I was going to float him. Um, I do think I want to keep like hitting some wide receivers. Tyler Boyd would probably be my pick. Um, but I'm, I'm open to other stuff. If you have an idea. 
I'm still a Michael Thomas guy. Like I think out of all these guys, Thomas can land somewhere and have like the upside we need. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, he was good last year. I think it's just one of those things that people miss because it was three games, but like he was the same player in terms of advanced analytics that he was before all these injuries and whatever. I know he's 30, but I think, you know, this is one of those boomer. We're, this is kind of an old team we're building now with Eric Henry, <laughs> Michael Thomas. But I think wow. for a fifth receiver, like if Michael Thomas is, 75% of what he was a couple of years ago where he was the top scoring receiver in all of football. I think it's a nice value at this point. Yeah. I almost, yeah, I, I, I think I prefer Tyler Boyd to hmm. Michael Thomas because what I if he's honestly, not a like what if Tyler Boyd gets cut because of the cap stuff and he goes somewhere else. I don't think Tyler Boyd's getting cut. You think that's like a realistic possibility? I think so. Yeah. I think that's how you save the money is like you go with, you know, Trent Irwin or with some kind of, you know, similar comp there. And then you pay up, you know, draft a rookie tight end or, you know, maybe a free agent tight end. Uh, but I think that's how they're going to upgrade is they'll build around chase and T and then save some money on Boyd. I, I think um, the, hmm, the one thing I would say about that, even if that does happen, obviously he would. Um, all right, let's make this pick. Gainwell. Gainwell could go up a lot if Sanders leaves. When they don't yeah. Report. I like Gainwell. I haven't been able to get him a bunch. Okay. Um, yeah. I was going to say, even though he would probably be taking a, a situational downgrade if he left Cincinnati, it would almost have to come with a target upgrade, right? Because wherever he would go, he wouldn't be competing with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Hayden Hurst for, for targets. So I wonder if that could be offset. Um, and I do think Tyler Boyd would be, I mean, we, we look at the kind of money Jacoby Myers is going to get in this class, like, or in this free agent class. Like, I think Tyler Boyd's a comparable talent to Jacoby Myers. Um, so I think he could go somewhere and continue to thrive. I, I get it. I, I think it's possible. I just worry about taking a guy from like his best possible offensive situation to then hoping he's going to be a wide receiver two or a wide receiver one somewhere else. And like, he's not a pure outside guy. Whereas like Myers is also a slot guy, but he's like the best slot guy. Um, I think you're better off taking a flyer on like Darius Slayton, who we've talked about, like a guy who is going to be one of the best outside receivers available for you to see Corey Davis might be a cap cut. Um, like I think those guys have upside just cause there's less roles to go around. Whereas like Boyd's going up against a rookie slot, heavy class. And then a couple slot guys who I think are just going to be perceived as better than him. Yeah. But you know, it, yeah, that's, it, that's the thing. It's like this, this makes this time of year fun is cause like we both could be right and could be right at even various pockets of next year. And like, you know, if Boyd signs with somebody who's like if Boyd signs with the chiefs, like that's the analogy for everything. He signs with the chiefs on a discount. He's probably better than Juju was last year. Right. Yeah, and that's a good example. I do think if you dropped Tyler Boyd on the Chiefs last year, he would have had a better year um, mm -hmm. than than Juju. And Juju wasn't bad per play. It's just like he was good not because of himself. He was good because uh, Patrick Holmes is throwing the ball. So um, any any player really who signs the Chiefs, I mentioned Brandon Cooks is a guy who I've seen enough rumors about, but like anybody who goes to the Chiefs on a discount this year, like you know they're going to be a, a player that's going to be good for one year and then probably gone the next year. Yeah, Dustin saying Boyd to the Chargers to replace Keenan Allen. That one would be very fun. I will say there was a report, though, that the Chargers GM recently came out and was like pretty emphatic in saying we're not losing Keenan Allen. Um, obviously, things can happen, but it seemed like if there was any ambiguity on it, that they were trying to shut it out. Yeah, and I guess that, you know, there's really no logic to him, you know, kind of trying to misdirect on that one either. So maybe that's one of those things, too, to kind of downgrade Josh Palmer a little and, and maybe even downgrade Mike Williams, who I think is kind of getting drafted where he is because of the assumption that Keenan Allen won't be there. Yeah. Still happy taking him, though, but I think that is, like, he probably goes down to, like, 48 to 50 if they know Keenan Allen is back. Yeah. All right, let's see. The, the clock timing, man, this is... <laughs> This has been a weird draft. We've navigated it well, but I have to say for the people watching at home, it's a different ball game to have your picks at 16. Uh, A-chain, maybe? Uh, yeah, I was going to say Gibson, A-chain, or Dobbs all look good to me. Yeah, I, I'm out on Gibson. I just think I, the more I think about him and think through kind of just how the, the dominoes are going to fall, I just think Gibson is going to be an RB2 somewhere that's going to like him probably even less than Washington did, uh, going into last year. So I, I worry a lot about Gibson just with the replaceability. Yeah, I'm just trying to, at this point in the draft, with so much chaos to come from free agency and the draft, I'm just trying to like bet on talent profiles that I like um, and knowing some of these will break our way, some of them won't. But when you bet on talent, you'll always have the, the out that the cream will rise to the top. Um, and so that's why, especially with the running back stuff and why I'm not going to ever push back on taking a rookie because a chain could go to an incredible landing spot and be a sixth round pick, you know, like that's well within 
the range of outcomes um, for him. But I do feel similarly for Gibson, like could land somewhere and he's been efficient, like on a per touch basis. I think he can give you those spike weeks. I like him as like a portfolio back, like within your zero RB buckets. I, I guess I could see it that way. And, you know, and again, I'll just give the pushbacks that I normally do, but like under a 10% avoided tackle rate, like that means he's just taking some meaningful steps backwards. And he's now getting to that age where guys kind of either do shit or get forced off the pot. Um, so I think that's where Gibson causes some concern for me. Just, and the fact that there's so many guys out there who are going to be better than him in terms of the counting stats. And like, they'll get signed somewhere because of that. But we saw last year, like anybody could be Latavius Murray. So I think that's something. Um, yeah. on the clock again, Renfro, Moore, Claypool, Mayer, if we want to take a young tight end. Um, I kind of like going for the upside tight end there. Or Rondell Moore would be the other guy. I like Rondell a lot um in this range. Let's see. All right. So the timer was run out here. I gave you Rondale, moved him ahead. So we'll see which one we get. I'm not crazy about anything Arizona related. I've talked about it in a few of the streams. I just it kind of feels to me like a lost year for them. Um, and the only guy I would maybe trust going into that would be uh, would be a Connor because just you could feed the running back a lot if you're trying to run out the clock on a year. Uh, but more, I guess, could theoretically benefit too. Just like you got to see what you have him at this point because this is his third year, right? Yeah. And let me let in. I mean, I'm giving a lot of the Arizona guys a pass with me thinking Cliff was just a, an Uber donkey. Will you go look at the wide receivers available too? Because at least when I've been drafting, I felt like more represents a bit of a tear gap. Um, here, once you're down to the Curtis Samuels, the Odell's like total flyer. I mean, Shahid is fine. DJ Chark, um, free agent, MBS, Nico, Thielen, Mechie. Like to me, I feel pretty confident about who Moore is as a player and the role he's going to have. And I think you're getting into way more flyer territory after him. I would rather take Shahid at the discount personally. I don't get why Curtis Samuels here. Like, I don't think that's correct at all. He should be like 20 spots lower. Shahid though, was just so good on a per play basis that like, if he does run 50 routes per game, 40 routes per game next year, like he's going to regress a little bit in terms of like target per route run numbers and EPA numbers. But to have like a 0.7 EPA per target is like an insane outlier thing that has to come down a little bit. But if it comes down to like 0.4 EPA per target, he's still one of the best receivers in the league, even if he's getting five targets a game. Um, so that's where I think she, like we might disagree a little bit, but um, I'm with you like Odell and Samuel, like that feels like you're paying for the name value instead of like actual players at this point. Yeah. I guess I guess the selling point on Samuel, and I'm I'm not like a guy who's been scooping up Samuel, but just to like play devil's advocate for him, I guess if you are buying into this offense taking a leap with Sam Howell and they're not adding, you know, another wide receiver in the draft, like I think his role is pretty locked in as kind of that slot guy, you know, with Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson on the outside. And maybe they're just a, a better, more efficient offense. And you're getting like an arbitrage Tyler Boyd type in an ascending offense that I think would be the bull case for Curtis Samuel, but I'm not necessarily buying it myself. Um, some other questions here. Uh, Aaron asking if the Bengals cut mix, they won't need to cut Boyd as well. They need to cut a couple people actually, because they're trying to do uh, the burrow extension, then potentially also the chase and, and Higgins stuff as well. So like, that's where they are. And the Bengals also, we had a football outsiders report, or I guess, you know, our, our guy, Mike Tanier talking to people at the combine. Uh, there is some fear slash some rumor mongering going on at the uh, combine right now that the Bengals might want to wait as long as possible to pay everybody in classic, you know, return to Bengals form of uh, the last few years. So, it's possible things get weird with the Bengals just because like having to pay those three guys is going to be very difficult under normal cap constructions. Yeah. Let's look at our structure right now. Just, I mean, we're pretty balanced Two mm -hmm. QBs in like the QB window. We have an anchor running back and have been taking detours for them. Got our rookie doing pretty good on wide receiver and still building that out. Yeah. I think we're in structurally. I think we can kind of take our, our favorite, player available and don't really have to worry about position right now yeah no i think that's fair i think we're in a nice spot i, I like the way this team is built like we didn't take uh the sexiest guys i think we got some okay values so i feel like we're we're in a good situation not no four net uh higby everett i do not like this pocket of the board i mean the guys if, if do you have any love for tank uh i like taking p ryan um we could assume that the uh, Dolphins bring back Raheem Mostert on a cheap one-year deal and build out our Dolphins bet. Those are the things that come to mind. So I've moved Singletary up. Um, I could see going lower for P. Ryan. I just think Singletary, and I've, I've said it a few times, but I'll keep you know making the case for people that didn't watch every single stream and hear everything we say. Singletary, I think being a free agent, like he'll come back to Buffalo and his ADP will start to come up and he'll hurt Cook and Cook will start to come down. 
or he'll go somewhere else and he's not going to price himself out of a job like, you know, like some of these backs we talked about, like a Dalvin Cook might or some of these guys who've actually had some real success. So I think that's where Singletary, like I would take Singletary over Gibson nine times out of 10. Yeah. And you're not going to get catch me saying anything bad about Singletary. He's another guy where like, you know, stuff could happen in that backfield. And I still think like his role is completely fine at this price because you are almost getting him at a contingent back price here. So even if you assume James Cook is the lead back, it's still at what at worst going to be like a 65 35. And so you're going to get Singletary still catching some passes still in one of the best offenses in football. And then he would probably perform as like a fifth or sixth round pick if James Cook were to get hurt. So he's another guy that I've been selecting a lot in this range. No, I think that's fair. Uh, people saying Michael Thomas, a pick 116 is crazy. I mean, where was he going last year? He was going in the 60s, 70s and obviously didn't come through. But I just I'm willing to take the bet on a guy that's that's proven it over the course of time and getting a fresh reset somewhere, uh, probably on a team friendly deal, but still enough money that they'll want to give him the ball. Um, those are the guys that I don't mind. But we're back on the clock here with our 15 seconds. Uh, I'll give you your choice. You uh, tank, Tank, P. Ryan or Tyquan Thornton. Mm. I'll go P Ryan. I, I just hate tanks so much relative to this ADP. Like I, I, and I've had people who comments by the way on our channel, Pete, they're like, yeah, I took tank. Cause his name was tanked. Like people are legitimately taking this guy because he sounds like a great created running back in NCAA football or, or like Madden. And I think that's where I'm, I'd rather take a guy like P Ryan, who uh, may be a little bit overvalued because he is a free agent too, but like the Bengals trusted him. And I think that's going to mean that he comes back probably. Yeah. I see Paul in the chat saying I've done 20 drafts and I feel like I have about one team stacked with QB. And yeah, I, I wrote up a piece uh, for fantasy life, just kind of high level overview strategy for the big board. And like one of the things I talked about with stacking is like, you're just going to have to be at peace with the fact that you're not going to be able to stack all of your QBs between free agency, between the rookies. Some of them, they line up well, like it just lined up well for us in this draft to get Tua and Lance. But the stacks don't really come that clean in a lot of situations. Uh, Target Hog, given the other side of the case here, of course, we had Pat Corain on. So if you missed that video uh, from last week, go check that out. If you missed the one with Kyle Dvorak, check that as well. Uh, he did a great job breaking down his mock draft and all that stuff. But Tank is apparently Pat's number three running back. I would put Gibbs, Bijan, um, A-Chain, Roshan, Zach Evans, Charbonnet. I'd put six, maybe seven guys ahead of him. Ty J Spears, I'd put ahead of him too. That's but me. won't you... Isn't the takeaway, though, kind of going back to what I was saying at the top, like after Gibbs, like both combine and landing spot is going to be what ultimately determines how we order three through what, seven or eight? No, I think that's right. And that's where like Sean Tucker, like I think Sean Tucker is the most overvalued rookie coming in because he just like put up a lot of counting stats on a team that didn't play a lot of great teams. And like he was just getting volume because he was there and like got the touches as a freshman and all that stuff. But I think that's where like I'm willing to draw the line a little bit for like a tank Bigsby because like he just wasn't good. Like he got the volume and wasn't that good. And I think that's something where how am I going to expect that to be better in the pros? Like, yeah, I guess if you want to make bets on volume, you can, but it'll be easier to make those bets on volume when we know the locations. So, like I'll take tank in July, but I think right now people are literally drafting him because he's got a cool running back name. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, if you were tank over Zet, like you'd be a completely different person. You'd be here talking a lot. You'd break it down online <laughs> in every YouTube video. <laughs> Do you know what's gone like slightly underreported is Robbie Anderson changing his name for the third time. Did you see he changed his name to chosen? Yes. Chosen Anderson, uh, which I, he's got like, he's almost done in the league. You got to think at this point. I mean, yeah. I mean, when he, when he signed with, uh, with the Cardinals said that, uh, nothing happened, they could barely use him. That was when you knew things were going South. I let chosen. It sounds like, you know how like the uh, the cliche stripper name for girls are always like charity or candy. Like it sounds like a male stripper name. Like you can book chosen for two hours to come to your bachelorette party. I, you know, I think it's interesting to keep rebranding yourself, maybe in the hopes that people think you're a new player <laughs> on the side. You're like, who's this? Who's this four, four speed guy named chosen Anderson? Let's get him in here. Um, but I think to me, uh, it's just like, CTE racking up. So Bigsby uh, goes. Roshan here. Uh yeah, I don't mind that. We're we're, we're at six running backs with an anchor though. I kind of like Trey McBride, like a little bit of our um Cardinals bet him along. We we do need at least one more tight end. I think McBride gives us flexibility to rock only two tight ends if we end up wanting to go that direction. What do you think? 
Uh, man, people in the chats excited for Roshan. I like the rookie tight ends better. I'm gonna, it, given that we still have time, apparently, <laughs> to keep moving the queue around. Uh, we're going Roshan here, and, and I think McBride could potentially fall. Though now that you've said you like him, he's definitely not gonna fall. I would say uh, that's fine. I would say now we should probably be done at running back. Okay, I think that's fair. I just I like getting Roshan, and Roshan's ADP has gotten kind of untenable. Where you saw us get him here at 188, uh, there are sometimes he's going 170 now. So I could never get him in my in my off clock drafts and my off stream drafts. Uh, but I think Roshan, as I've talked about, like he is a big body guy. You call him Tank Johnson, he's going to look like a different player, and he actually was that at 6'2", 230 or whatever. Uh, move the pile, like all the things that NFL teams fall in love with. So Roshan, one of my favorite rookies, and again, I'd, I'd put him ahead of Tank Bigsby. Um, but also at tight end, Pete, like we got, we got the Dalton Kincaid's, we got your boy, Darnell Washington. We got some tight end outs here. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's our, how many wide receivers are we at right now? I think six, two, seven, six, one. And we have four more picks. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I do think depending on if we miss out on McBride, I probably want to do three, two more tight ends to get three. Um, with Lance and Tua, too, I think we could certainly justify a third quarterback. Are there any interesting quarterbacks left? Uh, no, I don't think so. Because uh, we saw Richardson go, so he is one of those unstacked guys. I guess Ritter. Kyle Trask actually is somebody I might need to update my priors on, um, which it might be a hot take. He was actually a top three QB in terms of EPA a couple of years ago. But let's see. We can take Sweet. McBride get, now if you want. Yeah, right? let's get uh, we got we got a value hound McBride here. Yeah, I, I accept that. I think at this point... If he had gone, I would have tried to talk you into Kincaid or, or Washington or, or Musgrave, but I think we can still tack one of those guys on. I don't think it's necessarily bad. I think if we do, I'm torn on this quarterback thing because we are like you're definitely exposed in raw dog in it with with Lance and Tua, who are I think pretty volatile um, picks. But I also don't mind embracing that. Uh, when did Richardson go off the board? He went off here in the 14th round. Wow. So the 160th pick here goes ahead of Pickett, goes ahead of Jordan Love, goes ahead of Howell, uh, goes ahead of Levis as he should. Uh, man, that he is getting steamed up, Pete. He, remember when he was going 220? <laughs> now he I, I don't even think we've seen the end of the steam because I, I'm going to guess he's going to tear up the combine and I think that's going to thrust him up another round or two. Like I, I think he is going to settle where Bryce Young is going in this Derek Carr, Matthew Stafford range. I think he should be there. Like I've kind of felt like he should be, I would still put him behind young and Stroud just because I do think young and Stroud are going to have to be day one starters relative to the draft capital. Whereas like there's a chance Richardson could be behind a guy and maybe he misses some games, but maybe he misses a lot of the games, but he still plays at some point in the year. Um, but I think like he should go ahead of some of the guys like Howell. it seems like might not actually be as much of a starter as I think people are penciling him in at, um, you know, some of the older guys, like take a flyer on a guy who runs like a beast. Cause fantasy wise, you don't even need to stack him up. Yeah. Yeah. That is, it's going to be fun to watch. He is certainly a, a fun click, but it is yeah. Crazy rise. I mean, when I, I wrote him up in the newsletter the other day and I was looking at his opening ADP was at like two Oh one. And then he was up to one seventy. Um, in the past week. And then what did you say he went here? 148. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I I get it. I think it's right. Cause he's a big dude who was like amazing, but it it is definitely something where the biases people develop is like always a weird thing to see now, especially now to see it for two years running where we were doing the drafts really early last year. Uh, people just start to see the hype and like, he probably shouldn't go ahead of Pickett. You would think at least Pickett, you know, is going to be there with like real targets and a real stack right away. Yeah. So let's see, are there any other, this is the thing too, about, um, the, you know, our quarterbacks, um, we don't really have anything else to stack with them, right? Like the dolphins. I mean, uh, Cedric Wilson isn't moving the needle for me. We might be in this build. I think we should like maybe find a, a couple of these rookie wide receivers. Is there anyone that I do like uh Terrace Marshall who I see up here, but are there any of these deep, um rookie wide receiver sleepers that make sense on this build so i would i would agree with you on marshall um rashi rice is kind of interesting just because he was a really big target earner in college and he has not gotten the steam yet because he played at a smaller college so people are not quite as in on him i think his his 40 time could really make that go other way like either way where if he runs a 4-4 or like less um and he has that target share people will probably start to gravitate more but in this range i feel like marshall and slayton stand out the most to me yeah i mean i like both of those guys i even like richie james um yeah. 
Yeah, I, I like James less, but um, you want to go Marshall? Yeah. Okay. Um, and it is possible. I guess Rashi Rice, you could make the case relative to ADP. Because like if he does have a good showing and he starts to get the film grinders touting him a little bit more and saying like, oh, yeah, he played at a crappy college, but like he was an elite target earner. Because um, he's got okay size. So like he, I guess out of all the guys in this range uh, before free agency, like I think Slayton could jump at free agency. Um, some of the other guys who are free agents, you know, could jump as well. But like Rashi Rice, it just takes two weeks of hype and he'll be up 50 spots. Yeah. And I see uh, Anthony in the chat is uh, stumping for Tyler Scott. I've definitely heard his name bandied about a little bit more recently. I kind of worry that he's a little bit of an offense guy. Like I have the same concerns about Jalen Hyatt and uh, Cedric Tillman a little bit because um, the offense was just so focused on getting a ball downfield. Um, I think Tyler Scott might be one of those guys too, but I know I've been in drafts with Herzig and I think I've seen him take Tyler Scott like two or three times. So hmm. um, I'd prefer Tillman. Um, and I think Marvin Mims too. So I think he started to get a little bit of hype on him, but I, Tyler Scott's like right there. Like I think there's three or four rookies that are kind of there. Xavier Hutchinson is the one that nobody mentions that I think actually could be a guy. Um, Cause he's six, three and like two twenty. Yeah. Uh, Cedric Till. It's funny too. Like my, my association still with so many of these players is like, <laughs> it's just people being hyped on them. And I'm like, Oh, that's a name I've seen hyped in a few spots. Um, yeah. I'm just yeah, trying to have, I, I have like Scott and it's funny. We said Scott and Tillman because those are two of the guys I've seen getting more love as far as the late round wide receivers. I haven't seen like a lot of other late round wide receivers getting buzzed though, or feel that feel like quote unquote trendy picks. Yeah, I think it's pretty low right now. I think people will be surprised when one or two of these guys go like day, like day two and like some team values them more. I think it's one of those things that, you know, part of the reason I kind of did my diligence more this year was that uh, we're on the clock. But Slayton, do you want to go? Yeah. Or we could take a younger Slayton and Marvin Mims, but I'll, I'll let you pick. Um, we, Do we have a rookie wide receiver yet? Um, We do not. All right, let's let's get Mims. We got to balance out this Michael Thomas uh, <laughs> AARP pick. I think Michael Thomas undervalued. I think Slayton though undervalued, and I'm surprised that you're willing to pass him up at all because there is a legit chance he goes somewhere and is like the wide receiver one for whatever that team is, just because there's nobody else available. I like. I just. I honestly just like having a few rookies on on these teams because these are the guys who who could really jump up massively. Whereas like, mm -hmm. I don't think Slayton's ADP sure. Could it move in free agency, but probably not by more than a round or two where these rookies could legitimately jump seven, eight rounds based on things. So I just like when I do a, a draft, assuming I'm not in one of these crazy rooms where everyone's chasing rookies and they're overpriced. I just like mixing them in as like a texture thing on my teams. Uh, this is worth pointing out to historical anomaly is saying it was interesting that Tyler Scott was drafting the USFL draft. Um, so that's something where Malik Cunningham is one of the lower tier QBs talked about it. And he was like, yeah, I didn't ask to be a part of that. I'm not playing in the USFL. So apparently a hey, bad look for the USFL, but also apparently they were just taking guys as like claims, even though those guys don't want to play in the USFL. Something to keep in mind. If that is a reason for people to be disinterested. Poor USFL. Yeah, I mean, Sacrilegious saying if Slayton wasn't able to be the wide receiver one in the Giants, he's not going to be the wide receiver one on any team in the league. I mean, you're not drafting him to be the wide receiver one in round 19. You're you're asking him to be a vertical deep threat that gets loose for a couple deep balls. You're asking him to be like what KJ Osborne did last year, right? Where he's like the third or fourth guy, but he has a couple big games. And maybe one of those really big games happens when it matters. That's a name I've not seen. Zazavian Validay is not somebody that popped up on my scouting thus far. No, uh, we are getting out works, bags. We're getting out <laughs> uh, works. Here, so I will highlight, I'll put in the queue some of these guys that I think have some upside here. Got Hutchinson, Tillman already went. A.T. Perry, people like, uh, played at Wake Forest, so a little bit lower competition. Um, mm -hmm. Zacchaeus wasn't bad in Atlanta, but obviously the volume is... Let me just take there. a peek at the quarterbacks once more. Just to make okay. sure we're not doing that. Trask. I, I, I wouldn't hate it if we had a buck pass catcher. Um, Jacoby's kind of interesting in that I feel like he could have a starting job, but we don't have to. I'd rather we can do a wide receiver. Uh, boy. Hutchinson or Perry? Dude, they're it's gibberish to me. <laughs> I'll take Hutchinson just because I like being a hipster with somebody now that we've <laughs> seen every player get picked. Yeah. 
All right, so our final build here, a 2792. Tua, Trey Lance at QB, Derek Henry, J.K. Dobbins, Kenneth Gainwell, Devin A. Chain, Devin Singletary, two Devins, Samaj P. Ryan, Roshan Johnson, I like our rookie mix, Tyree Kill, T. Higgins, Mike Williams, Ayuk, Michael Thomas, Rondale Moore, Terrace Marshall, Marvin Mims, and Xavier Hudson, a receiver, and Kittle and McBride, a tight end. This is a nice, like, this is not a, like a hot pick team, but I think this team is, like, solid. I think it's a really good team. And I mean, to me, like all the position groups are rock solid. Uh, and then quarterback is just like the range of outcomes on this team with Tua and Trey Lance, who I do consider like probably two of the like most volatile picks. Like no joke, by the start of the season, it's within the range of outcomes that like Tua just retires and Trey Brock Purdy's on an insane recovery timeline and is starting week one. Like that's within the range of outcomes. I know that's not yeah. the most likely thing, but it is possible where, or you could have, Tua comes back, plays 17 full games. Brock Purdy is never ready. Trey Lance gets the starting gig and runs away with the job and has like a Jalen Hurts-esque season. Like both of those things could happen on both extremes, and that's why it's a pretty fun uh, team to uh, to do. Yeah, I think we got some nice upside here. Some young guys, even though we didn't get a ton of rookies at receiver. So uh, that's what we got here. Uh, Pete, what plugs do you have going on here? I guess give the plug to the ADP Chasing Show coming up right after this one with Sam Sherman. Yeah, it's... um. It is a show that Sam is hosting. People know him from Stat Chasing uh, in the season, this show he did with Dricko, and he has roped Davis Maddock and, uh, into doing that weekly with him. And they're just going to really, there's no drafting, much to the chagrin of some people in the chat, but they're going to look at all the market movements, specifically in these underdog contests right now, and just have it be a, a market watch um basically uh segment and then sam is also making really cool charts he's kind of slicing and dicing things from different perspectives i believe today he's going to have like looking at adp by like quarterback and top two stacking partners and looking at the various prices with those guys and then trying to find some of the inefficiencies like within it so if you're drafting a portfolio of these teams i do think you'd really enjoy that show you're watching the ADPs as we talked about throughout the course of this hour. Very important to do, so go check that out. Of course, uh, we'll be back next week. Pete and I will be doing one draft on Tuesday that I'm going to Mexico for uh, like about a week. But uh, basically, we will draft a team on Tuesday. I think we're actually we're going to try to go head-to-head on Tuesday. So again, just get in one minute before the stream starts if you want to play along with us. Of course, follow me at Chris Spags. Follow Pete at Peter Overzet, And follow the show at Splash Play Pod. And of course, subscribe down below. Hit the like button. Leave a comment. We're on the March now, Pete. 2,000 subs is uh it's not like directly in range but like it's it's within a range so we're gonna get there i think by uh by may right it sounds right i i think so hey i mean if you keep optimizing the font sizing on our <laughs> thumbnails i mean we're gonna the road to 10k is gonna be easy look at this thumbnail like pete looks better than the actual nfl gms on this thumbnail so if that doesn't get subscribed to splash play i don't know what will uh but go check out the uh, adp chasing show coming up here pete and i'll be back on tuesday we'll see you guys again very soon good luck enjoy your weekends <laughs> Thank you